There's nothing that we can do to achieve salvation other than the fact that it has been extended towards us by God. Hey, this is Taylor and welcome back to Elevate Retake. We want you to experience faith as the continual everyday process of learning more about the Bible, ourselves, and God, and believe that this podcast will be just what you need to come to a closer relationship with God. The title for our episode today is The Rest of the Rest. Your engaged question is, what is the rest of the rest? The key passage is Hebrews 4, verse 9 through 10, which reads, So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. Your key theme for this episode is Sabbath is more than just a day of rest. It is a way of life and a part of who God is. God, thank you for this moment, right here, right now, that we're in your presence. God, thank you for the rest that you provide. Thank you for the beautiful salvation that can be ours right here, right now. And God, as we open scripture, may we come to a keen understanding of who you are and enter into your rest. Thank you for loving us and for providing us for us. God, we thank you for the rest that you give us each and every day. So leave that in your hands. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So we've been looking at this passage. It's Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. I want to go ahead and put that up on the screen for you. Come to me, all you who are, and, and I will give you. Oh man, it's going to be a slow morning. Here we go. Take my yoke upon you and learn from, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is Jesus in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, and we've been hovering over this passage for the past couple weeks because, let me tell you, you look like you need some rest this morning. It's okay. For some of us, this is, we finished up week five of our semester back at Southwestern Adventist University. It's okay to be a little bit tired. For some of us, we're uh, in, a, in a season moving towards the end of the year that our jobs revolve around kind of the coming and the going of the season. And it's, it's, it's been difficult. Not to mention the global pandemic, that's kind of still a thing and we're wearing masks and, you know, life is difficult and busy. But we've been looking at Matthew chapter 11, 28 through 30. Come to me, find rest for your souls. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. And it's what's interesting, if we can put this back up on the screen. Matthew chapter 11, 20 through 30, it has a dual invitation. That first sentence, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden now will give you rest, is the first invitation that Jesus makes. Jesus says, I will give you rest. That means that we have the opportunity to rest, to enter into the rest that Jesus provides. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest rest. We have the opportunity to enter into that rest. And then the last part of it, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and humble in heart and you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we take up the yoke of Jesus, which we've been emphasizing for the past several weeks, when we take up the yoke of Jesus, that is when rest enters us. 
and we find a new way to live under the yoke of Jesus where we trade off the heavy yoke of oppression and sin that confounds us and takes us down every single day. We say, no, I'm going to find a different way to live and a better way to live, and that's under the yoke of Jesus. We've been focusing on when rest enters us, when we pick up that yoke and we find rest when we're weary and when we're busy and when we're oppressed. But unfortunately, if we leave it there, we have fallen short of this passage. Because it's so easy when we focus on the rest that enters us that we forget about who the rest really is. And the question for you today, what's the rest of the rest? How do we wrestle with that? The weary, the busy, the oppressed, we've found the different way to live. When we talk about rest and the busy, the Sabbath is an invitation to enter the light. That's today. And the call to rest is an enabling to help others rest around us. We simply can't leave it there, though. We have to understand what the rest of the rest is all about. So instead of buckling up your seatbelts, because we're finding a new way to live, right? It's a restful way to live. I encourage you this morning to settle in. Settle in for me a little bit. Get comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. Here we go. In order to understand today's passage, which we're going to look at in a moment, Coming from Hebrews chapter 4, which was read a moment ago, we have to understand that the Bible is a cohesive story. It's one story from cover to cover. It's the story of a God who created man and woman fell, and the rest is a redemption story, the most beautiful love story ever told. So today we've got to go back to the beginning, the very, very beginning, and it's in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, that reads this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So it's the beginning of the story. Everybody with me so far? This is yes, this is no. Okay, beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. After God had created, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. So we have a God in the beginning who's creating and then a God who's resting. And the first 24 hours that humanity gets to experience on this earth is a Sabbath rest. It's a rest from work that they have not done. It's a rest that they are invited into that God has not ceased working, but his work has become complete because the earth has been made in perfection and humanity is invited into. But just a few chapters later, Genesis 3, Genesis 4, 5, 6, 7, we understand the story that Adam and Eve fell. They are taken over by sin, and the rest that they are invited into, they give up for some other form where they think, oh, I, I, can, I can make it on my own. And generation after generation, and you know how it goes, man meets woman, married, kids, 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 Right? We come along in the story, Genesis chapter 12, we're introduced by, uh, to a man by the name of Abraham. And he, it's a beautiful story. I invite you to go check out the podcast. We've got a whole series on that that we did back in the spring on the life of Abraham. And what we learn from Abraham is that we can find salvation in the here and now. And by Abraham believing, he was then saved. That rest, that salvation rest comes to Abraham. And then he has kids and his kids have kids and his kids have kids and his kids have kids. And we come to know a guy by the name of Jacob who has 12 sons. And those 12 sons are fed up with their younger brother, Joseph, and so they sell him into slavery. He goes to Egypt. In Egypt, 
He starts at the lowest of the low and then becomes the highest of the high because God blesses in his life and he's following after the ways of God every single moment. Goes from the lowest of the low to the highest of the high. And God was using Joseph to save not only Egypt, but to save Joseph's family. So Joseph's family moves to Egypt. In Egypt, they find rest, they find security. And then the Pharaoh that knew Joseph died, and there was a Pharaoh came that did not know Joseph. And Joseph's family, his 12 brothers, the sons of Jacob, who we would come to know as the Israelites, fall into slavery and oppression under the Egyptian rule. 400 years go by. Moses comes on the scene. Moses is the guy who says, like, I, God, I, I really can't serve you, do what you're asking me to do, because God wanted Moses to go into Egypt and tell Pharaoh, hey, your whole workforce, I need you to let them go because they, they need to find some rest out in the wilderness. And Moses is like, <laughs> or Pharaoh's like, <laughs> good one, Moses. Moses keeps coming back, back, back. Ten plagues later, Pharaoh finally says, enough is enough. You guys go, get out, go to the wilderness. So Moses takes the children of Israel, he takes them out into the wilderness. And it's in the wilderness that they are met with the Red Sea. They're met with incredible adverse circumstances. And those circumstances came about so that they could know who God really was. But they fell to the temptation and the unbelief that God was not truly with them. So God tells that first generation that comes out of Egypt, and he tells Moses, because of your unbelief, you're not able to enter to the promised land, to Canaan, to the place that I'm calling you to go, where you can find that perfect rest. There's these two guys by the name of Caleb and Joshua. They believed. God says, those two, they're going to lead my people into the promised land, the place of rest. And it's here that we've come all the way to Hebrews chapter 4. I mean, you know the rest of the story, right? The children of Israel get into the promised land, and they keep going further and further down, 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 because they simply cannot keep following the ways of God. They're tempted left and right, and God redeems them, and they fall back into apostasy. They're redeemed and fall back into apostasy to the point that God himself comes to this earth. And it's in Hebrews chapter 1, verses, Hebrews chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, that we come to know Jesus as the Messiah, the one who provides perfect rest. So I invite you to turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. We're going to start in verse, 9, or verse 12. Hebrews chapter 3. We've been introduced to Jesus in the first couple chapters. I encourage you to go back and read those this afternoon. But here's where the author of Hebrews starts off. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 13. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Next verse. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in rebellion. Next verses. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was his... Was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom God, did God swear that they would, not, that they would never enter his rest if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Coming full circle, 
The author of Hebrews is beginning an argument here. He's saying, look at the children of Israel and how they failed to enter the promised land because of their unbelief. But there's this underlying proposition in the author of Hebrews' argument that says, maybe this rest is still available. Because it's true, right? It was in Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, that God told the children of Israel, in Exodus chapter 33, verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. It was the promise all along. As they're moving from Egypt into Canaan to the promised land of rest, he says, I will give you rest. But they kept falling away because of their unbelief. They kept falling away because they were doing things not according to the way of God. May it never be that we find ourselves in that place today. But the beautiful part about this passage comes in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. Verse 2. For we have also had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Verse 3. Now we have believed, who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared in my oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. There's this back and forth in Hebrews chapter 4 between a group of people who are not able to enter God's rest and between a group of people who are able to enter God's true rest. The rest of salvation and grace that comes available to us because of what Jesus has done. The author of Hebrews is saying, be careful that you don't follow the same paths of your ancestors, the ones that wandered through the wilderness back and forth from disobedience to disobedience. He says, follow in the way of Jesus because it's Jesus who provides rest for your soul. And the author of Hebrews goes back to creation in verse four from somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words, on the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And I want to pause right there on that verse because wouldn't it be nice for those of you that are students in the room, if in your citations on your papers, you could just be like, uh, somewhere somebody spoke about this. Anybody? No? A few of you? Yeah, it's all right. It's probably better that you, you know, cite your sources. But the Hebrew author here knows he's speaking to the Jews who are well acquainted with the story of creation. He says, it's, it's somewhere spoken this. The seventh day God rested from all his works. And then verse 5. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Verse 6. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, verse 7. God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David as the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. There's a back and a forth, a back and forth between a group of people who's following after God and a group of people who's not, who's rejected God because of their disobedience. Imagine as I was reading this verse and we're going back and forth and creation comes and then there's the story of the children of Israel and then David is mentioned. You ever been to one of those parties where they give you a raffle ticket when you first go in and you're like, hey, keep, keep hold of this raffle ticket. You might win something later. And you go in, you sit down, you're enjoying your time. And it's like, all right, it's our first giveaway. And they dig in, pull out the ticket, and they're like, 473.41. Anybody got 473.41? And you're like, ah, it's not me. But then you begin to look around the room. 473.31 has left the building. 
And there might be a chance that I could get it. They're like, anybody? Nope. Okay, we're drawing again. Draw again. Here's the next number. It's not mine. You look around. You look around. Nobody's coming to claim the price. Maybe I can get it on the next one. They go back in. And it happens again and again. Anybody been to a party like that? A few of you? Yeah. Maybe my number will be called. And that's what this passage is really saying. Look at these people who failed, but rest is still available for you. Look at these people who failed, but rest is still available for you. We continue on in verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 4. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. It's in Psalm 95 that David writes about today, if your ears will listen to God and you will obey, rest will be provided for you. That's the story of Scripture. That even though generations past have fallen away, and we can relate because of that, right? Who gets it perfect? Poe Buddy's perfect, right? Nobody's perfect. There's nothing that we can do to achieve salvation other than the fact that it has been extended towards us by God. He says, here's my rest that I want to provide for you. These people have fallen, but my rest still extends to you. God is trying to say, let me make this abundantly clear to you that rest is is still available because Joshua took the children of Israel into the promised land. Yes, physically they were there, but spiritually they fell away. It was God's intention that this nation would grow and this kingdom of priests would be established so that the rest of the world would know the glory, the splendor, and the grace of God. But Joshua failed. Joshua didn't take the people into the promised land spiritually. And could it be that we are like those people who have maybe physically come to church today, but maybe we're not spiritually present? And if that's you, it's it's okay. We all have those days. But the beauty about God's grace is that it's still extended to us today. Today, if you'll hear the voice of God. So, got a special music that we want to share with you today. And as they come out and get set for that, rest was not exhausted with the Israelites' occupation of Canaan. God's rest was not fulfilled. They hadn't completed it. The question we're thinking about today is, what's the rest of the rest? So there's a voice that cries out in the wilderness, searching for the heart that will love him, longing for each and every one of you to bring him your all. So the invitation is to give it all. So the question, what's the, what's the rest of the rest? Hebrews chapter 4, verses 9 through 11 put it this way. So our praise team comes up and helps us lead out the last songs for the day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. Can I get an amen? Anybody? For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his, verse 11. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. The author of Hebrews unequivocally writes that there still remains a Sabbath rest for you 
today. And it's interesting how he points out that we have to work hard to rest well. But the beauty of it is any other way that we slice it, we try to find the rest for ourselves. We go like the children of Israel from here to there, trying our best to enter God's rest, saying maybe if we did it this way, maybe if we did it that way. He says, no, there's nothing that you can do right now to earn that rest because the rest has been provided. The rest of the rest is that Jesus came and died for each and every one of us, for you and for me. And because of that rest that he provides for us, we can experience salvation today. Here's the argument that the author of Hebrews makes. The rest of the rest is this, that God intends his people to enter rest. And even though the first generation who he offered it to, to head to the land of Canaan, to the promised land, can you enter my rest, even though they failed God's offer of rest is still open today. It's my hope and prayer that you claim that rest. The author of Hebrews will finish up in chapter 4, verse 16. I'll put it this way. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? Let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? Confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. It doesn't get any more beautiful than that. Jesus died on our behalf so that we might experience the true Sabbath rest, which goes beyond 24 hours that we set aside each week. But it is a lifestyle that enables us to know every step we take, whether it is a misstep or not, the Sabbath rest of salvation and grace is extended to us in an open palm. All we have to do is take up that Sabbath rest. I find it absolutely amazing how no matter how many times we may mess up, or as Pastor Michael said, choose earthly things, God will always be there offering us that special rest. We will fail, there's no doubt. We are only human after all, and he knows, accepts, and loves us regardless. You know, like the Israelites, I feel as though I keep on failing. I can't do anything right. I'm in college and I am trying so hard to balance class, work, family life, friendships, relationships, a significant other relationship. In this past week, I felt like I was drowning. Have you ever just had those weeks? You are so drained from trying to be and do everything perfect. Me too. And that's when God steps in. When we are at our breaking point, he says, come to me. When we have given up, he says, come to me. And when we decide to choose our idols and earthly things over him, he still says, come to me. I encourage you to run to Jesus today and ask for that rest of the rest. I want to leave you with Hebrews 4 verse 16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Claim the Savior's rest today. He waits for you. Michael here. Real quick before you go, we want to hear from you. Maybe you've got a story of life change. Maybe one of these episodes has challenged the way you think. Maybe there's something that you agree with or disagree with. We want to hear from you. And the easiest way that you can do that is to go to the App Store or the Play Store and download the app 
Anchor. Once you've done that, you can search for Elevate Retake and then on our page, you can submit a voice memo. Just click voice memo, make sure everything's quiet around you and give us 30 seconds to 60 seconds, your response to an episode, a story of how the love of God has transformed your life and how you have come to a better understanding of who God is. Or maybe you haven't, maybe there's something in your life that's caused you to doubt. We want to hear from you. And maybe, who knows, your voice could be featured on the next episode of Elevate Retake. So we would love to hear from you. And we look forward to seeing how this podcast continues to impact your life. So until then, we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. Elevate Retake is recorded weekly at Elevate, a community fellowship of Keene Church. Our audio is captured by Blake Snyder. Sound design and editing are done by Shane Miosi and Inspire Productions. Executive producers are Michael Gibson and Jonathan Coker. Our host is Taylor Weaver. Our team includes Evelyn Alanis, Candice McCormick, Simu Ciologa, Alicia Galvan, Emily Weaver, Zandri Andrade, Megan Metzner, and AJ Adams. Special thanks to 88.3 KJRN and the Keen Church Media Team. You can find Elevate on Instagram at thisiselevatetx. For more about Elevate Community Fellowship, visit thisiselevate.org. Currently, our services are live streamed every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time at thisiselevate.org forward slash live. We'd love to have you join us. There's always room for one more.